This is a Hot Pie Original. Uh, welcome to the Gray Area Podcast with me, Chad Fisher. No more, no more. Yo, yo, it's Aaron Cheatham. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. I'm Chad Fisher alongside my co-host, Mr. Aaron Cheatham. Aaron, how you doing today, brother? I'll be fantastic when I get this chair to work. I know. You look <laughs> mad uncomfortable over there, man. This chair is doing weird stuff. It was <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. It was like wait, right before we went on air. It was just like, know, hey, was, man. You, you know what? This is paranormally. Again, yeah. you guys. You they, they don't record the, in the studio, though, man. But they can send spirits. Yeah. Okay. Spirits can go wherever yeah. they, they send them. Just because your house is all messed up with wicked <laughs> spirits in your house don't mean you got to send them to the studio yeah. to knock stuff off the wall and make my chair uncomfortable. How you doing, man? How's your week been? Man, it's been good. I'm looking. I'm just making sure that we yeah. ain't missing stuff because yeah. paranormally be tripping. Uh, my week's been good, brother. Uh, I can't complain. It's been, uh, you know, I had to take the kids to the little doctor, get their uh, they checkups and stuff. Yeah. I did uh, the doctor thing this morning. Uh, you know what? Like it real like I realized yesterday when I was at the doc at the doctor's office, like I got them little motherfuckers trained well. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Because <laughs> it's good. Well, so they're sitting on the bench, like in the doctor's office, and we're waiting on the doctor to come in after the nurse was in there. And uh like my daughter, the three year old, started doing a little slap fighting thing with uh, the brother and they uh, started going at it. Yeah. And uh I just kinda I just snapped my finger and That's they both all you gotta do. and they stopped and they looked at me and I was like, mm mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. So then when the doctor came in, they're talking, you know, she's at, talking to me. They started like making little comments and doing stuff. And I was just Mm-mm. Not uh, even, not even breaking eye contact with the doctors. Like I see you, I got yeah, dad vision. Yeah. I see you. Yeah, you already just, know. Uh-huh. Just a snap. What time's that appointment at? Uh, uh, one. Uh. I was like, I got them down to one snap, one Dude, snap, and they calm that's down. Good stuff, man. Because they know after it's, it's, after that first snap, the next snap is their next snapping back from that jab. Yeah. Pop one time. Oh, okay. You know what? I don't need that no more. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, sure. you, you, dad got a strong jab. My <laughs> yeah, jab yeah. game is real yeah. nice. I'm Roy Jones with the, with the jab. <laughs> I will punch my kid in the forehead for acting. That's messed up. Don't, embar- don't embarrass me in public. Well, let's hope nobody from CPS is watching this. Let them watch. Let them watch. If you're from CPS, I want you to know my cheering is under good control. They <laughs> snap. They in order real quick. It's funny as a dad, like how you feel so accomplished even though you don't really do anything. Like I feel like I've done so much today. All I do is take my son to the doctor and watch a basketball game. Prepare for this interview a little bit. Right. Came here and I'm like, oh man, yeah. I think just because I got up at 5 a.m. I'm like, oh man, I've got so much shit done. I'm like, nah, I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's those little things, those little incremental growths you see in your children <clears throat> yeah. that show you that all that I'm not doing nothing that you've been doing has yeah. actually been paying off. Yeah, yeah. And you start seeing them, you know, do stuff or you can just shoot them a look and they're like, they oh, okay, know. let yeah. me let me stop real quick. Oh, my mom had that look. Oh, yeah. my mom had yeah. it too. My oh, mom, knew. everybody knew my mom's look yeah. though because like her fangs would come down when she gave it because she's a werewolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for real. She's yeah. been around since the 1700s. My this, mom's a werewolf. Miss Delicious's daughter? Uh, no, that, yeah, Miss oh. Delicious's daughter. Okay. My mom is, yes. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> you got any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah, I do, man. I got a shout out. Uh, dude, this shit is hilarious. Um, this dude, uh, it says, uh, a man was arrested for stealing camel for gift to his girlfriend. That's so, some baller ass shit, man. Who, wait, who like, are, you, are you shouting out the camel? I'm shouting out the dude that tried to steal a camel. I think that's bomb. I think that's badass. What, where was dude. where was this at? Emerity. 
police. I don't know the hell I'd say. Oh, Dubai. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about uh, to say there's yeah. got to be. They arrested a man for allegedly stealing a highly valuable newborn as a newborn camel, dude. How cool is that? How how fucking baller is that? You just show up to your girl's house. You're like, yo, it's like, what'd you get me? Like some, you got me some flowers and some chocolates. You're like, no, nah, I got you a fucking camel. Bang. I'm going to tell you how this went down. <laughs> She's like, oh my I'm God. A, I'm going to tell you how that went Didn't down. the police show up and steal this camel back. And this, is, this is how that went down. <laughs> she, the, a week before she was like, my birthday is next week, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you better not get me another fucking one of them bullshit <laughs> gifts. Like, if you yeah. give me another subscription to uh, Game Informer yeah. magazine. I love how he already had it planned. He's like, I'm going to get her a camel. He was, he was like, <laughs> he, he had a closet full of Game Informer magazines. He was giving, he's, he's like, like all, all right. right. He's like, I guess uh, not that. She's like, Babe, think outside yeah. the box. Give he's me like, something original. I want to know what his initial idea was. It was probably like a penguin or something. He's like, I'm going to get a baby, baby penguin. There's no penguin. Like, There's the no Middle way East. we could keep this thing alive. Our freezer is not big enough. <laughs> so yeah who's your shout out man uh i keeping it in the family my shout out this week is to my dad <laughs> oh shit because <laughs> it's always a familial shout out for uh you. not always but you Pretty know much. what when they deserve it and okay. my dad deserves a shout out this week my dad i'm shouting him out because uh my dad joined facebook on tuesday and i i know this because he sent me a friend request and then an hour after i got the friend request from my dad i got a message from him saying Yo, Facebook is bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you figure that out real quick, dude. Like, he's like, I was like, why did you even join Facebook? He's like, well, I thought you could get news and stuff here. I go, no, Facebook is the last place you want to get news. He goes, yeah, I see that. I'm done with this. Yeah, dude, it's, and uh, that, it's that, that quickly, he was like, I'm done with Facebook. Mm, like, yeah. within an hour, my 69-year-old dad was like, oh, this is what this is? Yeah. Nah, I'm done. Nah, nah I'm nah. good. I'm not he, doing he that. just joined, joined and quit, just like that. Uh, so shout out to you for figuring that out, Pops, because there's a lot of people stuck in the Facebook trap that are, that are still just swindling in that cesspool of hate and fear, and they can't get away. My dad was like, oh, fuck this. I'm out of here. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because he's like, this is just people trying to talk to you. I ain't yeah. trying to talk to nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got weed to smoke and video games to play. <laughs> I don't have time to be is talking to people. Is 12? Is that what he is? He's 69. Oh, he, damn. He, you know, but he's retired. So he's act- yeah. he lives like a 12-year-old. My dad lives like Tom Hanks and Dick. He just eats cereal for dinner and shit? Whatever he wants. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But I know that because when we went to see him for Christmas and he cooked, I was like, oh, clearly this dude doesn't cook for people in a decade. Because <laughs> do you have salt in your house? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is not tasty yeah how you got chili with a whole tomato just in it yeah like you didn't even you, cut the tomato yeah, up. come on man that's not yeah my dad is macaulay culkin yeah you home alone for all day uh we got a guest you want to bring our guest in? yeah definitely man uh super excited to to have this guest on i want to say that uh our guest i watched his first film like almost 10 years ago and it was amazing and i remember being uh uh captivated by this and definitely uh influenced me and, and changed the way i thought about the world uh was amazing and i got in touch with him and his people for uh, to do this interview and they didn't come to find out they just released another film uh so the first film thrive had over um, almost 100 million views online uh thrive 2 um it is a uh, it's a movie it's a a, a a sequel to the first film, but it also explores uh, some of the breakthrough interv- innovations around the world. Some of the things that we that they feel can um, some of the um, what the hell some, just just bring them on some of the innovation, some innovation, innovative work that can, that can like change the way we live, the way everyone uh, experiences life, how much we work, all these different things. We're super excited to welcome to the show, Foster Gamble. Foster, how you doing, brother? Thanks for doing the show. We really appreciate it. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, so it was awesome. So Thrive 2 was just released, and you can find that on pretty much all video on demand. Uh, you can find that on their website, thriveon.com. Can't recommend the movie uh, more highly. It's such a, such a great movie. Um, yeah, so we're going to get to some questions and everything like that. But first, 
Yeah, we're gonna play a game. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Gamble, you wanna play a game with us? Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm angling for a party bag. Oh, <laughs> oh he already which, knows about it. Boom! There we go. <laughs> why, why do you think I came on? You think it was all the money? He wants. To, yeah. Uh, it was that party. Bag. A, he wants his party bag. Taking you guys out. <laughs> yeah. And Chad has lost his bag three or four times now. So you could be the next person yeah. that we owe this bag to. Yeah. You will get an IOU in the mail. Yep. Um, this no, week, if the bag were a little bigger, it'd be harder to lose. <laughs> exactly. That's ex yeah. That's probably the thing. That's we need. We need to get something hey, a little I, bigger. I bet if I put some money in this bag, Chad wouldn't lose. <laughs> I might study a little bit. Who knows, man? We'll see. If I put world peace in his bag, Chad would never lose this thing. <laughs> All right. Lying. The game we're playing this week is a new game to the show. It's called uh, Two Truths, One Lie. So I'm going to give you guys an inventor, and I'm going to give you uh, three things that he invented. One of them is a lie. You tell me which one is the lie. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. First one, Thomas Edison. Two truths or a lie. Did he invent alkaline batteries, lipstick, movie camera? Which one of those is a lie? Alkaline batteries, movie cameras, or lipstick? I'd have to go with lipstick. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say batteries. You're saying batteries? Yeah. It's lipstick. Is it really? It's lipstick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know your inventor so far, yeah. Chad. He, yeah. probably, <laughs> he probably stole the idea from te from Tesla, though. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> Tesla had a, a, a mind-operated lipstick. He was lipstick. just copying, that, copying him the whole time. He's like, I got this great idea. All right. We're going we're gonna to take it old school for you guys this time. Archimedes. Archimedes. <laughs> Did he invent the catapult, the bucket, or the pulley? Or Those are the three. So which one's the lie? The catapult, the pulley, or the bucket? The bucket, the catapult, the pull. Bucket, dude, that had to have been way longer. Yeah, I'd have to go with the bucket. He was really a a, a pulley um, catapult kind of guy. He's talking about fulcrums and everything. He knows, he knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his stuff. You want to tell me about Odysseus too while we're at it? Yeah, it was definitely the bucket. <laughs> that is the lie. It's probably a Neanderthal that came up with that, I'd imagine. Um. All right, next up, George Washington Carver. Did he invent peanut butter, gasoline, marshmallows? One of those is a lie. Marshmallows, gasoline, peanut butter. Damn. Um, Chad, what you got? You got a gasoline. Got a, gasoline. Yeah, that's a lie. Uh, force. Or sorry, Foster. I said force. I said force like a. Thing. Uh, I think I'll go with peanut butter. For George Washington Carver. <laughs> peanut yeah. butter's the lie. Yeah. Bruh, <laughs> I take back all the nice <laughs> things I just said. <laughs> that was his claim to fame, peanut butter. Oh, no, mar yeah, marshmallow was the lie. Oh, really? And gasoline, he uh, he came up with 300 different inventions from peanuts, including peanut butter and gasoline. Wow. Uh, and marshmallows. Who knows who made marshmallows? I think the devil made marshmallows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it had to be the devil to make marshmallows. Uh, so no, both of y'all got that wrong. Peanut butter and gasoline were correct. And uh, the last one that we're going to do for this week's game Two lies and the truth. Which one is the lie for Leonardo da Vinci? Parachute, armor tank, feather pillow. Say it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Parachute, armor tank, feather pillow. Which one of those did Leonardo da Vinci not come up with? I'll say the pillow. The pillow? Mr. Gamble? Um, just to be different, I'm going to go with the tank. He totally had uh, schematics for tanks all the way back in the day. Damn. It was the feather yeah. pillow. It wow. was the feather pillow. 
Uh, so yeah, you, I think that was Mike Lindell, right? On the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the My Pillow guy totally came yeah, up with the pillow. Totally, man. Uh, that's it for the game. I only came up with four this week. Um, so I guess you guys will end at a tie. Unless, you know what? We'll do a tiebreaker with this on me. Okay. I'll give you two lies and the truth about myself. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll see. That's the tiebreaker. Uh, so for myself, born in D.C., six foot seven, uh, an amazing bowler. Uh, not six seven. Yeah, not definitely not six seven. I think you're probably only like six five or something like that. How you, I'm sitting down. How'd you get it? What right on the dot? Like yeah, dude, yeah right five. on the dot. Yeah. yeah, I am not six seven, but I am an amazing bowler, and Are you I really? was born in DC. Yes, I'm an amazing bowler. Wow. I, I come from a family of bowlers. Okay. I mean, do you bowl? I, I mean, I will bowl, but I'm, I'm not like, I don't like, I'm not like in a league or anything. I haven't been in a league in forever. Do you, do <laughs> in you forever? You've been in a league? Yeah. When That's I was a kid, man. I got trophy. I got bowling awesome. trophies and stuff uh, at the crib. I was, me and my That's dad hilarious. was a team. We used to tear it up. And then, and then he would go on Facebook and talk about how great his son is. <laughs> the real crossover on bowling, I think, is whether or not you can actually keep score yourself. And there you go. I can, I'm actually a decent bowler, but I actually never figured out the. the I still don't know. Yeah. Really? I still don't know. You know what? After this show, I'm going to school you both on yeah, the scoring, on the scoring mechanics right. yeah. of bowling. And then we'll go out for a game. We'll start a team, the three of us. How can, about that? I'm down, dude. All Let's right. And my ball is going to be a Taurus. And I'm just going to roll that down there. And uh, we're going to have explosions at the end of the lane. <laughs> and your next party bag can have a bowling ball in it. All right. There you go. What's up? It feels like a bowling ball. And you're going to carry that some bitch up here. That's right. Hey, mm-hmm. thank you uh, guys yeah. for playing the game. Forrest, thank you for playing the game. I said yeah. Forrest again. Foster, I'm so sorry. Dog, what the hell's wrong with you? I watched Forrest Gump this week. That's probably it. I really did. I love Forrest Gump. I would say my problem is that I'm just exhausted. You know? No, that and I don't know a lot of people with F names. So everybody. <laughs> yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Foster. Yeah, Foster Forrest. Yeah, I, I apologize, I apologize uh, for that. We're going to do headlines no, no now. No problem. I like the word Forrest. <laughs> He's like, I wish my it's name was Forrest, mistake. actually. <laughs> Is it? Do well, people call me Chris yeah. all the time. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Is it really that hard? I, I get called all types of... I get called everybody's other black friend's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like on Andre a regular basis. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, highlight or headlines, excuse me. Holla. Uh, hi- highlights, highlights are uh, headlines. Uh, did you hear about this shit, man? This is hilarious. Target is giving vaccines in dressing rooms. <laughs> That's not the, it's not the first time somebody's been shot Dude, up in a target dressing room. Like what the hell? What, like, <laughs> that's true. That is very, it's not the first needle. I want to know in, if they're following that with an anal swab. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. And I'll be giving yeah. them. I, I just want to know like what's next. <laughs> I just want to know what's next. Are they going to start giving out like vaccines and storage units and shit? Like what the hell? They're like, hey guys, come on down to Target. We're giving out vaccines. Hey, and also we got twenty percent off curtains and rugs. Just L- thought you'd like to know. Listen, you know? by by August, there's going to be a guy standing outside the gas station going, yeah, "I oh, got that vaccine." Yeah, you already know. Come on, I got that vaccine, dog. What you? <laughs> you want that Johnson and Johnson? Well, I got that right here. I got the AstraZeneca. Where you at? <laughs> AstraZeneca. <laughs> two for one. Two for I, one vaccines. I, th- I think they're getting so desperate they're going to be giving out do-it-yourself vaccines. Oh, I wouldn't be. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah, that's just hilarious, man, because it's just like we saw a couple of weeks ago they were doing them in strip clubs and mm-hmm. overseas over in like Amsterdam or something like that. It's just like, yeah, it's going to eventually be like the gas station where it's like, uh, you know, if you fill up, you get like a vaccine or some or, shit. Or no, they'll be sitting at the gas station counter like all the vapes and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. It'll just be, yo, let yeah. me get one of the vaccines right there yeah, and let me get, get the, five on five. Let me get the untested uh, AstraZeneca one. On the real please. though, if you really if you really wanted to get American men to take the vaccine, do it at the strip clubs. Oh, yeah. 
I <laughs> you didn't do anything. I've been vaccinated though. seven times this month, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> I think they're going to have it in McDonald's. Oh yeah, you seriously. You surprised with that and yeah. a vaccine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll take a McVaccine. Yeah, I'll take a McVaccine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, second headline. Uh, this is crazy as hell. China to expand weather modification program and make a large portion of their climate artificial. Of course they are. And we've already known that this is like uh, true. I don't know why a lot of times like we understand, like we see uh, examples of this or we we see them come out and say this shit. And then people just kind of forget about it. And then they never mention it again. And they never like think of it when we see like all these crazy weather patterns. Oh, like stuff. the Dereche. In Iowa last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's uh, the tornado in Iowa. That was probably... A a waterless hurricane hit the middle of America and nobody batted an eye reported on the news. that's crazy as hell. Like, what the hell were they doing? Uh, But it says China announced that it's planning a rapid expansion to its weather modification program. Most people probably don't know that China even had a weather modification program, but uh, changes include uh, modifying the climate in an area that is more than one and a half times the size of India covering uh over five and a half million square miles uh i really feel like dr claw or some supervillain is actually running china yeah like yeah sing jong chun i don't even know that's his name <laughs> but that dude is like the the figurehead but i think there's really like a mad like dr claw stroking a cat going more weather <laughs> modifications yeah yeah i wouldn't doubt it i'm sure that's yeah, it don't get me started on weather modification that, uh, that's actually some serious shit though. wait you know oh, about sure. that are you up on weather modification? Oh yeah, I'm sure he is. Oh yeah, big time. Oh, we got to get into that. I want to. I want to know what you know, like, because I that's something I've always been interested in. Because I know they're doing it. I know they're messing with it. it ain't supposed to be this hot. Uh, according to Hugo Chavez, uh, prior to his death, uh, the, he said, uh, "quote The U.S. Navy launched a weapon capable of inducing a powerful earthquake on Haiti. This time, it was only a drill, and the final part of it is destroying and taking over Iran." Um, in 1978, the United States uh, Senate Committee on Commerce science and transportation november 1978 states that weather modification is generally considered to be the deliberate effort to improve atmospheric conditions for beneficial human purposes but they go on to say that it can be used and it has been used in warfare See, that's what they say all these things all these things were um created the people that thought them up that invented them that uh that went through all the process they were looking for the benefit of mankind when they came up with these things then there's some guy going oh but i bet if i I bet I could, you know, I could take control of something. You know, they see it and they go, I, you know what? Yeah, you could totally, yeah, go ahead, develop that. And yeah. as soon as it's developed, they're like, yep. all they right, now that, now that it belongs to us, yep. bring the rain. Yep. Yep. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. I think actually, unfortunately, it's the other way around. It's usually the government through the military sponsoring the development of these things because they can weaponize them. And then they've got to make a cover on them that makes them sound good. Yeah, that's very true. I think we see that in so many different avenues. Mm-hmm. Uh, with what the government is doing. Brad That's why Pitt. I, don't, I don't trust anything they fucking say. They or... created Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody that pretty in real life. <laughs> Ain't nobody born that pretty. They made him. Uh, last two, baby. Last headline. Oklahoma places $2.1 million bounty on Big, Bigfoot's head. <laughs> I bet I bet they get them. <laughs> I bet hilarious. they get them now. Some, you got about, you got like like 500 people that have just like quit their jobs to, to hump Bigfoot now, dude. It's over for this motherfucker. I feel for it. <laughs> you know, like like we like I we know people. I know somebody that like wears like a Bigfoot suit. Like yeah. uh, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they, they might oh, want to stop. I bet you. Be, I bet you stop yeah, that. You might want to stop, dude, because there's a bounty on your head. When, when Jethro and the swamp people come looking for you. <laughs> yeah, but they, uh, they said that Oklahoma tourism officials hoping this generates some buzz. Say Bigfoot needs to be captured it unharmed and. Stress bounty hunters can't break any laws during the hunt. <laughs> Listen, I, that's that's very nice. Right. That's very nice of Oklahoma. But if you, I, I would rather them 
put $2.1 million up in a bounty for some reparations. How yeah, about there that? you go. I also want to know what let's, kind let's of dumbass. Let's talk about Tulsa. You guys erased Tulsa from history for 100 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how about how about you, uh, you know put a bounty on the truth? <laughs> let's do you that. You know there's some dumbass hillbillies somewhere that are like, dude, we got to get to Oklahoma. We just got to we gotta get there, man. I don't know how we're going to do it. We got to fucking get there. Well, you know a lot of people are moving to Oklahoma <laughs> right now, right? Yeah, like the this Tulsa is probably why. <laughs> well, the, so they Oklahoma had that program where you, they would pay you 50000 Tulsa had a program where they pay you $50,000 to move there. Once people started uh, working remotely and mm. they were like, well, if you can work remotely, you come here and they wanted to like rejuvenate and bring some youth into the town. Uh, so like there's a whole section of Tulsa of like young people from California, New York and stuff mm. like that uh, that are mad liberal. Yeah. But then they leave their block and they're still in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've heard but, Tulsa is like but they're the, like they're paying people to move to Oklahoma. What, where does Oklahoma get all this money? They got bounties for Bigfoot. Bringing tech people. That's a good to Tulsa. They're probably hanging out with Julian. Probably, probably selling some shit on the black market. Probably. Will Richards' uh, sweatpants or some shit. Uh, a, a freaking James <laughs> Brown's snot rag. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, yes. I saw that stuff about uh, Steve Jobs' bow tie. <laughs> I, I quizzed my wife on that this morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. And she was right on it. I, I, oh, told yeah. her, I said they they had a they had Steve Jobs' bow tie and they had um the Johnny Cash's guitar. Yeah, yeah. And, and she jumped right in because she's from Hollywood. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. She, She's and her dad knew Marilyn Monroe. Oh, she wow. was gonna she was gonna sell her car, and he took her aside and said, "Marilyn, you got to sign the thing before you <laughs> yeah, sell yeah. it." Seriously, <laughs> and they sold it for an astronomical oh. thing because it had in it. Yeah, yeah. And then I and I said that that's exactly what happened. Johnny Cash signed the guitar. There it, it is. A lot more valuable than that bow tie. Yeah, exactly. If there was right? just like a bunch of dried up cocaine on it, not so much. But as soon as <laughs> I tell you what, I bet you signs his name. Like fucking... Steve Jobs can't sign that bow tie, but I bet if you took it apart, there's a microchip in there or probably like the formula <laughs> for like the new Apple mind phone that you can just <laughs> yeah. blink your eyes twice yeah. and call somebody. He yeah, probably yeah. got like a blueprint inside that I'm bow sure, tie. I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, we want to get to the interview portion of the of this yeah, uh, now. So uh, I j I watched this film just recently, Foster, and it was a uh, such a such a good film. And I think like the first line actually captivated me immensely. Um, you say uh, I'm paraphrasing, but once you uh, were no longer afraid of dying, that's when you became free. And this is something that really resonated with me because since having a son, I've definitely been like. I've de like death has crossed my mind like way more than it ever did because you know you start to think of like oh now I, it's not just about me it's about my son and I want to be there for him and everything but you say in the movie that uh there's a freedom with with no longer be, uh being afraid of death uh, can you just yeah, expand I, on that a little bit well it's like what you guys must experience when you get up to you know to do stand up you never know what's going to happen yeah. it's a little death every time <laughs> and and it's interesting you say that about your son because I was, uh, you know, a pretty high level athlete and daredevil before I had my kids. And then I was like, okay, no skydiving, uh, no, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm no with you. Really no really dangerous stuff, no hang gliding. I literally put it off for like 20 years. And then as soon as my kid, my last kid was off to school, I went out and did the hang gliding and did the skydiving. Dude, I'm the same Dad's way. Dad's back. I, I'm afraid to like jump downstairs and yeah, stuff. Like yeah. I, I, was, I took my kids to the park and I was like going to jump down like four stairs at yeah. the park. Like, and I was like, do that. Mm, uh -huh. nah, I don't do that no more. Yeah. I don't jump downstairs yeah. anymore. 25 anymore. Yeah, no, it reorients your priorities in a hurry, which is great. And now that, you know, my kids are grown and, you know, I'm, I'm older than your dad, Aaron. So <laughs> this is one of the reasons why 
I'm willing to take the risks to say the stuff that I do is because I've already had a good long life. You know, if I were just a young guy trying to get a job <clears throat> starting out, I might be a little more hesitant. But uh, but somebody's got to say this stuff, uh, say the truth, you know, even when it's difficult, even if you're going to get canceled, even if you're going to get shot, somebody's got to stand up for the truth. It's been that way throughout history. So a lot of the areas that I go into, I've been willing to uh, risk my reputation, um, risk my social life and so forth um, in order to stand up for the truth. And the good news about that is that uh, you know, I did lose some friends, uh, particularly on Facebook, <laughs> but but I don't count those as necessarily real friends anyway. Yeah. But the, the great news is that I gained a whole lot of new friends based not on where I live, you know, my gender, my race, my age, my religion, but based on my allegiance to seeking the truth and telling the truth. And those are the kind of friends I've always wanted to have. So what, what made you start doing that? Because you didn't have like a uh, I guess you, we can get into this as much as you would like, but uh, you didn't have like a normal upbringing. You, you obviously had a, a little bit different than most people and everything, but coming from your background, what made you kind of go rogue, I guess, in a sense, I mean, you could very easily enjoy the fruits of your family's labor and, you know, be pie in the sky, not thinking about everybody else. And you could have lived like a 12 year old for yeah, your entire yeah. life if you wanted to. And so you, <laughs> you chose to do something different and to wake people up and to uh, present information that's incredibly important to people. What made you kind of go that route? Well, it's an interesting question, actually, that I don't get asked very often. But part of it was that um, I actually got to experience what it's like to thrive in life. And not many people get to say that. I mean, that is my major privilege is that I have been living a thriving life. And why is that? It's not just because I was born into privilege. You know, that can help with a lot of things. But I know a shitload of really rich, really unhappy people. Yeah. Uh, and so that it won't buy it. But I... Uh, I was born into a family with a, an incredible mom. She's truly, she was truly like an angel. Everybody loved her. All my, all my friends wanted to come over to my house to play because, because she's just so awesome. And then my dad, you know, he, he wasn't the warmest cookie on the sheet, but he had total integrity. You know, I just absolutely loved the guy and he was a straight shooter and everything he said in his entire life, he was a great uh, role model for me. And then I had four siblings that I loved that I had a great time with. And then, you know, I went to all the fancy schools and, and uh, you know, I had a certain amount of talent with, um, with academics and with sports and, uh, you know, I was successful interpersonally. So I didn't have a lot to complain about, you know, no, nobody cares about what Foster Gamble's griping about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so here I was living this thriving life. And okay, so what's the natural thing when your life is really working out for, out for you? What are you going to do besides drink gin and tonics and eat cereal for dinner? You know, <laughs> well, it, it's actually it turns out that we're wired to want to take care of people who aren't thriving when we are. Hmm. And so that's a lot of, of what happened for me was as I grew up and, you know, started spending time in in other neighborhoods and, and reading headlines and really studying and doing research, I realized Oh, very little of this planet is thriving. In fact, it's really fucked. And and so here I am in this situation where when I when I graduated from college, I realized, okay, I can do essentially whatever I want. 
So what the hell am I going to do? And I had some friends in college who were brilliant engineers. And they told me, you know, someday, Foster, we're going to have a global instantaneous information delivery system where the whole world can talk to each other instantaneously. And here we are. We're talking right now. And I said to them, I said, okay, you, I'm not an engineer. You guys go do that. And I trust you. I'm sure it'll be here. So meanwhile, what I'm going to do is devote my life to trying to make sure that I find out what's in the way of our thriving and that with, that I've generated some decent media that would be worthy of that kind of delivery system. So that's what I've been up to. Wow. Yeah. I think that that's uh, so important. I, I, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, the unified field. And tapping into that energy. And also just like, I also want, if you could just take a few mo- moments to, to talk to people about how important free energy is and, and why we need it and how it would change everyone's life. Because I think a lot of people probably just feel like, like who gives a shit free energy? You know, how is that going to change my life? But we, we, you kind of illustrate in the movie that this is the key to unlocking true happiness, abundance, uh, and, and true freedom in all human beings. And how does that differ from like what Tesla was working on? Yeah. Uh, all those years ago, like uh, that was something that came to my mind while watching your stuff was like, you know, is this a derivative of, or is this uh, in addition to what he was yeah, working it, on? It, it is what Tesla was working on. He, I would say he was the grandfather of the modern free energy movement, but that's one reason why he was shut down. You know, we, we describe in thrive one that the JP Morgan took down his, the Wardenclyffe tower that he had built to mm-hmm. transmit cheap, clean, wireless energy to the entire planet. And, and JP Morgan, who was his financier, took it down mm-hmm. before he could, he, he could start sending electricity because JP Morgan owned the copper mines and he was going to lose millions mm-hmm. off of all the copper wire. So he basically set us back a hundred years. Yep. But the, the, the things that Tesla was realizing are now coming out. They've been suppressed for many years. And I go to, into that in both films, but now it's unstoppable. It's coming out all over the world. And for those of you who wonder, what you know, so what free energy? Uh, well, suppose you didn't have to pay to put gas in your car. Suppose you didn't have to pay to heat your home or to air condition your home. Suppose you didn't have to pay for the energy for your computers and, and, and you know, for all the appliances in your house. Well, that would change your budget in a hurry. But even more importantly, suppose you weren't going to be manipulated by this global, what we call the global domination agenda, this global cabal who's trying to take control of everything. One of the main things they want to take control of, besides food and media and schools and all the rest of it, is they want to take control of energy. They want to eliminate, eliminate, um, actually limit everybody's access to energy and then dole it out through their meter based on your good behavior. That's what they're up to right now. That's the whole agenda 21 type of thing. So one of the things that we're doing is trying to get energy to the people in a way that cannot be stopped. You know, I got, uh, last year, a random guy stopped me in a store. Uh, I was, I was working right. And, uh, I worked at a retail store during the pandemic and, uh, he stopped me and we had this conversation. He started going into agenda 21 and he was like, I got to tell you this. And he's just like, I never met this guy. And he just unloaded all of this agenda 21 information on me. And I, I don't think that that's something that a lot of people are aware of. Can you elaborate on agenda 21 a little bit? Yeah. Agenda 21 is a UN program. Uh, most people still think that the UN is that's going to be the savior. That's where all the democratic nations are getting together and we're all going to live in 
peace and harmony. And unfortunately, like so much else that you see in the news, uh, it's uh, really a fraud. It is a front for a one world government created, not surprisingly, by the Rothschilds and the Rockefeller. Yep. You know, they tried to create the League of Nations after World War One, and it didn't work. So after they did World War Two and funded both sides of it, then they go, OK, let's try again. So the the Rothschilds funded a lot of it. The Rockefellers gave the property for on the on the Hudson in in Manhattan to uh, for the UN building, and this time they succeeded. And that's not that they don't do some good things, but uh, but like most frauds, you know, like most magic tricks, you you see the shiny object, but meanwhile it's a front for a one world government. That that's the major goal of the hidden agenda is to create the same kind of totalitarian state that they had in Stalinist Russia and Mao's China, Pol Pot's Vietnam, uh, Hitler's Germany and so forth. They want to do that same thing, but this time they want to do it for the entire world. And it, you can call it the new world order, the, the one world government. Agenda 21 is a key part of this, as is the, the so-called great reset. It's all just different names for this agenda that they're unfortunately very close to getting now. Yeah, it's definitely uh, been accelerated throughout this whole COVID. Uh, That's for sure. Right. For yeah. sure. So I have this thought and I li- I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. So I feel like um, evolu- human, human evolution has been stunted by, uh, I guess you could say capitalism, but by, you know, like you talk about how they took down Tesla and now we're a hundred years later, we're now getting to really explore those ideas he had. Uh, do you, I feel like if, if people weren't so concerned with the money and their profit shares and actually, you know, if we actually cured cancer and we cured things and let those geniuses move on to the next thing, we would be further as a species. Do you think I'm tripping or do you think there's any light in that, that, you know, maybe, um, we are intentionally being held stagnant as a, as a species because people are only thinking about their bottom line. Well, I I totally agree that that the perpetrators of this agenda are not only trying to hold us stagnant, uh, they want us broke, sick, and afraid, and they want to decrease the population dramatically as quickly as they, as possible. Not because there aren't the resources, but because then we're we're easier to control. However, I I think that the the thing I would disagree with in your uh, potentially uh, or at least partway in your analysis is that it's for the people who are actually perpetrating the agenda, it's not about money. They're the guys who print the money. Mm-hmm. They're, the oldest, they're, yeah. they're the wealthiest people in the world yeah. already. They've got everything they need for generations to come. For them, it's about control. Money is a medium of control, and that's why they have taken over the uh, a true free market voluntary exchange system which is what capitalism in its true essence is, which is completely different than the crony corporatism, state intervention, capitalism that we have right now. This is not capitalism, but it's totally crooked and it plays to the benefit of the, of the bankers and their corporate and government partners who are using a fake money system, just like they're using fake food and fake news and all the rest of the stuff, for one thing, 
and that's to take over the the world. It, I mean, it sounds like a cr- no, like but a crazy. It, yeah. it sounds like the James plot to Bond a really good movie. But, <laughs> but I think, like, exactly. yeah. but I think what you said uh, earlier uh, illustrates why they would do that because they they can they own money. You know, what I'm saying money is not they they could give a yeah. shit about money. Um, a lot of times I hear people say all the, you hear people say all the time like, oh, Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world. Uh, Tesla is now the richest person. I think that's that, that's all bullshit. You know, it's like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, these types of people. They own money. They 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 own the distribution of money. They own that they invented money practically. Um, they could give a shit about money. They have everything that you could ever want in this world. It's more about power. It's about control. It's about uh, being seen as almost like godlike figures and shit. And I think that that's what their end game is. And that's what eventually what you uh, graduate to once you have enough money you know that no longer excites you it's power it's control man i just feel like yeah i feel like if you really wanted control if you wanted power like wouldn't being the one behind the advancement of the evolution of us as a as a species be the best way you know if you want control like hey we're the ones that took humans from driving cars to yeah. actually being able to do whatever is next in our evolutionary chain like uh, like that, that is to me, I think that they're, they're misguided in the way that they are implementing this. Uh, because if you had the first superhuman, you know, if you helped develop the first, I'm not saying in a lab, but it probably would be in a lab, mm-hmm. but if you helped, you know, advance humanity to whatever the next, uh, stage of evolution is, whether it's speaking through telepathy or, or whatever, telekinesis, whatever it might be, if you helped bring broker that in, you'd have a lot more power than putting your yeah. thumb on people and saying you can't breathe. You know? No, I understand. Well, they, yeah, I mean, you're a good example, Aaron, of someone who doesn't wake up in the morning in the morning wondering how you can control every human being on the planet. Unfortunately, there are people who do, and what you're describing is the difference between a leader and a ruler. If you were to <laughs> okay. actually really help humanity evolve to the next phase, you know, you would be a natural leader. People would follow you not because they had to, not because you had your 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 boot on their their face, but because they were inspired by you and they could leave anytime they wanted. That's what a real leader is. These guys are not leaders. These are sick psychopaths who are who know that the only way that they can keep their fear at bay is through trying to control others. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're so desperately, you know, using the cover of COVID to get a cashless society, to get locked uh, the the martial law lockdown to uh to collapse the economy to bring in the the one world government with them in charge again it sounds like a, a lousy james bond movie but it's it's actually what's going on the evidence is overwhelming so we've got to wake up in time to actually reclaim our freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, based on how like you grew up, how close have you actually come to these people? Yeah, I was going to say, have you been invited have you, to... <laughs> like, have you been have to you these been Eyes to, Wide Shut parties? Yeah, or? I was say, you, no, I've been invited, but I've say, never been. You've never I've, invited I've, to Epstein I've Island or anything? I've been invited to join Bohemian Grove Jesus. and the Masons and the Templars. I was uh, invited to run for president. After Actually, after Thrive One, I was invited to run for president on the libertarian ticket and vice president on the green party ticket. Wow. I was invited to, to, uh, to brief Bechtel on new, on free energy. And I was invited to the Obama white house to brief them on free energy, but I declined all of those invitations because oh, wow. I know, I know who those people are. And yeah, I know, yeah. I know who they work for. I know what their agenda is and I'm up to something very different and I need to be independent and free 
in order to be as effective as I can at trying to accomplish it. That's awesome that you recognize that it, that, 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 would, that, that would be falling on deaf ears and that they wouldn't have really any genuine interest in your ideas or the no, information. They that just try to get them close enough so they could, we got to murk Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you come over here? Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead and uh, have some food over there. Why don't you? You'll be fine. Take no, yeah, exactly. Drink the tea. Drink the tea. <laughs> drink the tea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what they would want to know is who are the best inventors? What's their yeah. address? So they can murk them. Yep. And, they're the last people I would tell yep. those I things. think you uh, mentioned it briefly in Thrive 2. Uh, one of my favorite, I think one of the most important documentaries is Who Killed the Electric Car because it showcases and highlights all these people that come up with alternative fuel sources and everything like that. And you see one of two things always happens to them. Either they end up getting bought out and you never hear from them again, or two, they end up dead under incredibly mysterious circumstances. And I think if people see like how many times this has happened to people, how many people it's happened to that, they would start to understand that there's someone behind this. This isn't, it's not just a coincidence that anyone that comes up with free alternative energy just ends up dead. You know what I mean? It's, it's that same with like, you know, people with, uh, uh, information about um, Princess health. Diana. Like, <laughs> she get, yeah. yeah, curing right. cancer, anything like that. These people are killed immediately and we've seen this time and time again. But that's interesting that you were like, nah, man, I'm I'm good, dog. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm well, not dumb enough. That you say that because that's, that's one of, that was the reason for the subtitle of our second movie. It's Thrive 2. This is what it takes. Okay. The first one was Thrive. What on earth would yeah. it take? It kind of posed the question, did a diagnosis what's in the way of our thriving. We didn't think we'd ever make a second documentary. It's mm. way too expensive and way too much work <laughs> yeah. and, and stress. But we spent six years traveling all over the world looking at, we were contacted by over a thousand inventors after Thrive wow. came out. So we spent years checking these things out. And what we saw was so encouraging, so inspiring, literally the solutions to every single major problem that we've got. And they're already here. And that's why Kimberly asked in Thrive too. We present the you know cures for cancer, and we've got ways to expand your consciousness in a healthy way. We've got free energy. We got the unified field theory. But there's still these people who don't want us to have access to that. Yeah. So that's why we named the the subtitle was Thrive Two. This is what it takes because having the invention is great, but it takes money. It takes security. It takes interpersonal relationships. It, success. It takes marketing savvy and it takes a lot of uh, strategy to get one of those things out. And that's really what we've been involved in. We've got a top level security team who's doing their best to keep all all these top inventors safe uh, so that they can get their ideas outside of them, Uh get them, get the ideas secure, and then ultimately get them out and accessible to all of humanity. What was it like when you, so if you, I'm going to ask this question, if you could just give a brief explanation, um, Maxwell in your, in the second film, what was it like to see, uh, this device that pulls energy from thin air? I mean, it had to have been, cause you're, cause you're literally sitting yeah. there like my, my thinking would be, if I saw this would be like, holy shit, this is the key to unlocking freedom, you know, yeah. uh, ending world hunger, ending all kinds of, 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 uh, terrible things that we see in the world. This had to have been like crazy for you to sit there and witness this and just, you know, chills up and down your spine, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And for me personally, I've seen it four times before in other devices and other inventors that I'm working with. But the one that I saw in Africa was the best that I've ever seen. And here I am standing there with this young guy. Uh, I don't think he completed seventh grade (laughs) in, in Zimbabwe where, you know, yeah, a, 
a wheelbarrow full of trillion dollar bills won't get you a loaf of bread. And here's this kid who has invented this device that makes no sound, no pollution. You don't have to plug it into anything. And it puts out half a megawatt, 500 kilowatts of energy continuously. That's enough to run 300 homes in Africa. So yeah, even though I'd seen it before, I mean, you can see it in the film. I was, I was moved to tears Mm -hmm. and just, hugging the guy like oh this is the happiest day of my life thank you yeah as it would be mine too because uh this is something i've concerned myself with for a long time man is just understanding the strife and everything like that that goes on throughout the world and that a lot of times american exceptionalism allows you to forget that and you get you get blinded by the fact that there are people that don't have food or water that are 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 much bigger victims of the system than you or i are and it's it's awful man it's it's fucking terrifying it's sad as shit and to see that i'm sure it had to been just uh very encouraging to think that like holy shit man we can do this and we can help a lot of people that are struggling right now one of the things that was so satisfying for me and particularly having gone all over the world looking at these things is to find the best device in what is supposedly the cradle of human civilization you know supposedly we all came out of yep. africa and now you you know here we are uh, hundreds of thousands of years later, and Africa's kind of got the short end of the stick on a lot of this stuff. And now here I am standing with the most advanced inventor uh, uh, existing today, and and he's in Zimbabwe. <laughs> so I so, and he and I would talk about this as like what a story to have this whole evolution thing come full circle and have you bring this out. And the whole reason he could do it is because he's so spiritually tuned in. Wow. And uh, can you talk about a little, like his partner was killed. I mean, I don't know if that was like the official uh, yeah. cause of death, but his, his partner was uh, apparently poisoned and they tried to poison him as well. Maxwell. Um, yeah. There's people, very powerful people out there that do not want this information getting out because when you can control the generation and transmission of energy, you control everybody and everything pretty much. Correct. Yeah. Well, when I first talked to him, it took me two months to, to get in touch with him. And when I finally connected with him on a Zoom call, uh, I, uh, we had a really good time. Um, and uh, and I said, Max, I want, he invited me to come to Africa. He said, I'll show you everything. And uh, and I said, well, I, I will come on, on one condition. And that is that you take the steps to keep yourself safe. And the number one is that you have to uh, stow your intellectual property in divide it up and store it in multiple secure locations in different countries. And that way, not only doesn't it do any good for the powers that be to take you out, I, you know, I've lost some friends and I know a lot of stories that um, not only does it do them no good, but if they martyr you, it'll bring even more attention to your technology, which is going to come out anyway. And happily, he agreed to do that. And, and he talks about that all the time. Now, you know, he, because he's still okay. His partner That's was great. poisoned. He was poisoned. His partner died. He was in the hospital for a long time. and um, But he's okay now, and he's actually shipping product to multiple countries. He's got manufacturing plants that are, are uh, being fitted out right now in different countries. So these things, I think it's unstoppable now. You referred to the who killed the electric car. That told the story of the electric car was there and then it got shut down and they yep. literally crushed those cars, mm-hmm. put them, in, you know, in the junkyard. But 17 years later, 
it came out again. And now there's electric cars all over the world. Exactly the same thing is happening with free energy now. Do you feel like it's a uh, like it's a race almost? Because you you kind of allude to it in this documentary, and you've said also in the interview here that this information is going to get out. It's going to get out one way or the other, and eventually it's going to be incredibly prevalent. It's going to be in- incredibly accessible. Everybody's going to be able to get their hands on it. But do you feel like it's maybe a race between uh, information and technology and then the powers that be controlling and also maybe trying to get us into a totalitarian state of very like a prison planet like atmosphere before that information becomes available? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And that's why my wife and I have devoted our lives really to to helping humanity win that race. And with all that I know, you can imagine, I mean, what I put out in the movies is a very small percentage of of what I know. Uh, and, but even with all that I know, I'm actually feeling really encouraged right now. And the free energy is a good example of it because uh, I have seen and visited labs. I've actually filmed in these labs, but I'm not bringing the, the film out until it's the right time in terms of their security and their marketing and all that type of stuff. But I've, uh, I've seen uh, a, a device which um, this inventor in Southeast Asia was offered $1.5 billion for, for the, for the, um, for the intellectual property. And this is, uh, you know, a guy, uh, the inventor who literally is wondering if he can keep the lights on in the lab. Um, and that's when they called me and, uh, and invited me to come over and visit with them. And I said, well, why did you turn that deal down? And, and I said, and I actually guessed, I said, is it from a big communist government? And they go, yep. <laughs> and I said, well, what did they say they're going to use it for? And they said, well, they're going to hoard it for their military. Wow. And I, I said, well, thank you for not doing that. Not only would they hoard it for their military, but once they learn your intellectual property, you're either dead or you're behind mm-hmm. uh, bars in a lab somewhere for the rest of your life as their slave. Yep. And they said, well, that that's, that's why we called you. You know, we mm-hmm. saw Thrive One, we trusted you, and we wanted to learn a little bit about this. So that so so I started working with them. And then we didn't hear from them for a few months. And they actually they couldn't resist the money. And so they oh, started sure. going down that road. And they finally contacted me a few months later and went and just said, you know, we're sorry. Everything that you said was true. Our lives are were Jesus. threatened. They tried to steal the entire thing and, and all of that. But anyway, that they've got a fantastic technology, whole different concept, but a, a solid state, no pollution one. Uh, there's another one. Uh, I won't say the location yet, but was offered a 80 million and a 50% ownership in a new company by the, by one of the wealthiest guys in the world. Wow. Um, and this is a hydrogen technology. Oh, it's the one in thrive too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that hydrogen technology, uh-huh. it's free hydrogen, which is great. And then the hydrogen runs the device. So it's a free energy yeah. device also. And they, they were, uh, this, they called me, um, you know, after thrive two came out, they were visited by three different vetting teams from this super wealthy guy. And then they were offered a, a ton of money for it. And I said, well, you know, how come you're not going for it? And the inventor said, something doesn't feel right. So I said, you do your due diligence, I'll do mine. And in my due diligence, I found, I've, I met three guys who know it, know this guy personally. They've been to his house. He's a nice family guy and so forth. But, uh, but while the inventor was doing his research, he found out that this investor was the major partner with Bill Gates in installing 50,000, no, 
500,000 5G antennas across India. And, and the inventor said, listen, anyone who would do that to human beings, I can't do business with. So he's literally walked away from the deal. We're waiting till the COVID ban, you know, gets lifted in this particular country to get some other honest investors in there. So it's, it's happening all yeah. over the place. What's the problem with 5G antennas? Well, they, what they radiate, they are, these microwaves frequencies are super dangerous and they can be adjusted to fry your nervous system, to affect you emotionally, to affect you, um, your, your, your brain. Uh, and they can also activate uh, antennas that can be put in your body, either through RFID chips or nanochips or nanoparticles with the vaccines and that kind of stuff. It's a huge uh, global control mechanism uh, so that they can uh, not only affect anyone anywhere physically and emotionally, but that, but ultimately it's a part of a, an agenda to turn us all into uh, what they call transhumans. Part, wow. you know, it's kind of the board, you know, part <laughs> technology, part human, and we would all be implanted with this stuff that be that can be tracked and controlled by 5G. So is nanotechnology here? Because I remember, um, what's his name? Is it Greg Kurzweil? Uh, the Ray few, Kurzweil. Gray, yeah. Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil. He was talking talking about that maybe ten years ago about nanotechnology uh, and and how the it would help with advancements in the future. Are we there yet? Is that happening right now? Oh boy, it, it, it's re- really interesting that you ask because um, I I have a show uh, on the internet also called the Freedom Portal. And uh, every month I have a, a theme and then I do three shows based on that theme. And this month's theme is where uh, health freedom and artificial intelligence collide. And so um, Kimberly, my wife, did an incredible download. She's been researching this for a long time and so have I, but she's really the one who's most up to speed on it right now. She did an incredible data dump in the first one. Uh, tomorrow we're having another expert from Silicon Valley come on. Who's uh, who's really benefited from artificial intelligence? He he uh, snapped his neck in a in a uh, diving accident when he was very young, and he was he was really brought back to health by uh, artificial technology. Um, but at the same time, he's been embedded in Silicon Valley, and he sees what's going on. So he's really working on the solutions to keep us safe from the potential agenda of what's going on with this transhumanism. And then at the end of the month, we're going to have. Uh, Greg Braden on, who's also been working on, okay, how can we as humans coexist freely and healthily with the technology, which is irrevocably coming? I mean, technology is just going to keep getting better and better. But the key thing is, will we be free to choose whether or not to have an implant, whether or not to be tracked and traced, whether or not to re- to have our DNA altered by the vaccine and that type of stuff. So that's the core issue is keeping our freedom while this transhumanist movement is emerging, which is it's emer- it's emerging really fast. And you're seeing it right now with COVID and everything. I mean, it's just like <clears throat> you give them an inch, they take a mile. The beginning of the of this whole endeavor, it was oh, it's two weeks to flatten the curve. Now we're, we're we've passed a year and they're saying, oh, it, vaccines won't be mandatory. It's not going to be mandatory in order to get into sporting events or concerts. We're seeing at Madison Square Garden, you can't get in. You're, they're, they're making you show a vaccine passport to get in there. They're starting to roll this out. 
and everything. And so they're saying this shit. They're saying, oh, we're not going to do this. And then they end up doing it inevitably. And yeah. it's starting to take the, it's like a, it's a, one thing I think that I would like to talk to you about a little bit about COVID is that um, uh, the dictatorship that they have on science right now, that there's, you're not allowed, science in its essence is supposed to be uh, looked at, it's supposed to be dissected, you're supposed to have different opinions and everything like that. Um, you want to be proven wrong because then that means that that you're advancing um, ideas and everything like that. But with this, you're seeing that that there is you can't we're, there's no discussion i haven't seen one uh you know prime time uh show where fauci's on there and there's another guy who thinks it's all bullshit and they're going back and forth there's no debate it's always like this is it and if you don't do it then you want to kill my fucking grandma and you should go to hell you know what i'm saying and so uh how do you see this playing out how do you see the rest of covid playing out because uh, i see like in texas i, I think that um, I'm starting to see more and more people are getting more and more tired of the mass and everything like that. And, uh, yeah. but then at the same time, we're also seeing people we're seeing here in Austin, uh, people, there was a, a large, uh, grocery chain H E B that said they weren't going to require mass that it was going to be, you know, it was going to be up to your own, uh, uh, whatever you felt like doing. Um, uh, uh, yeah. but then a bunch of people came out and just started bitching and complaining and we're, practically protesting at H-E-B and so H-E-B reversed course and you're seeing I feel like it's funny sometimes it's like see these people protesting for their own freedoms to be taken away and everything uh, but Man. I just want to ask yeah. you like where do you see COVID going do you see us is wearing a is, mask taking away people's freedom well I mean yeah, it's taking away their freedom to breathe yeah I mean you Not can't really. breathe yeah yeah dog it is I, I it's so funny when people say that they're like I mean I, oh. I wear a mask and I worked at a job that was labor intensive with a mask on I get it yeah. I understand like, yeah, it's harder to breathe than without a mask. Absolutely. Yeah. But to say your freedom is being taken away because you're wearing a mask, I think that's a little extreme. Yeah, because if you're making you're making healthy people mask up, that, that sounds kind of ridiculous for for something that has a ninety nine point nine percent survival rate. I just think it's kind of silly. It's a really deep and complex issue. And I spent 11 months researching it probably four to five hours a day wow. and and finally did a, a paper on it that is available on our on our website uh, and the paper is called covert 19 okay where the real sickness lies and how we can heal it and I go into I all of the uh the agenda that's behind this because you know I mean in the beginning it's like Okay, if there's a serious pandemic that we really all need to be worried about, okay, let's get the information out there and let's take care of one another. But it's, just, it's like you were saying, Chad, Chad, the if this were a really serious life-threatening pandemic for humanity, you would be seeing, you know, uh, emergency transmissions on all the major air, uh, the media having top experts from all over the world arguing about this stuff. And you'd, you'd be seeing the promotion of the, the various interim cures and a real exploration of, okay, what's in the vaccine and what happened with the animal testing and all, all this kind of stuff. And you're not, not only not seeing any of it, but if any of that comes out, they're censoring it off yep. of any platform that they, that they can control. So it, it kind of makes you go, huh, well then what could be the agenda here? And I've studied, you know, Bill Gates for 20 years, and he's a, a you know, a, a third generation uh, eugenicist, uh, dedicated to depopul active depopulation, like yeah, yeah, proactive it, depopulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and he he's 
he controls the WHO, he controls the CDC, he controls the, the AMA. He and Fauci have, have business interests in all the way from the testing to the vaccines to the, the, the treatments. And they, they're controlling the whole end of it. But, you know, Gates doesn't need the money either. So what the heck is he up to? Yeah. And this is when it gets back to, you know, Aaron, your, your vision of uh, the, the tycoon with the cat, you know, plotting <laughs> the destruction of, of humanity because he really is, a, in my educated opinion, a megalomaniac who is tr- trying to literally take over the world. And now he's become, I don't know if you saw just a few weeks ago, he's now the major landowner in the US. Yep. And so he's buying up all these different sectors, including, you know, when he put everybody else out of work, now he and Bezos and Zucker, Zuckerberg and so forth, they're all buying up the office space that the other tech companies used to have here in Silicon Valley and New York, uh, probably in Austin as well. Yep. They're Texas buying sure, all that stuff up cheap. But anyway, the long and short of it is that, that to me, the, the, the COVID is a scam. It's not that people aren't getting sick. And I go into all of that in the, I've talked to some of the top doctors in the world and I go into that in great depth in the paper, but it's not what they say it is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a medium to bad flu. And we've never shut down the entire world for a medium to bad flu before. This is their final desperate lunge over the goal line for this, what David I calls the totalitarian tiptoe. They were, they were getting exposed. Their agenda was getting exposed and there were arrests were starting and so forth. So they figure they've got to get their, their three major things in place before people wake up and catch on. They've got to get the legislation, the global taxation and a one world police force. Once they get that, then they've got a one world government. That's what the global warming thing is about. All that that stuff, it's a fraud to try to get those three things in place. That hasn't worked yet. And and now they're they're using the pandemic to get exactly the same things. Do you think COVID was manufactured by men? Yeah, absolutely. There's oh, wow. doctors I've talked to, you know, a, a Harvard doctor spent a long time in the lab with this thing. He said there's four layers of obvious uh, man-made stuff built into that particular so-called virus that he said maybe one of them might have happened in decades of of natural uh, mutation and so forth, but no way for them. And one of them is from the AIDS virus that oh, they've literally shit. built in. So they did it at Fort Detrick and then moved it to Wuhan. And then it's not a Chinese thing. It's not an American thing. It's not Italian or Iranian. It's the global cabal who mm-hmm. are international who released it all over the place in order to try to achieve the the global uh, lockdown and, and the, what they call the great reset. So do you think that they, they uh, pulled the string on that maybe uh, uh, preemptively because be, before COVID happened, we saw protests like we've never seen before. Hong Kong was experiencing some of the most, some of the biggest civil unrest that this India. That they've ever seen. India, uh, United States, even um, we're always a little lazy. You know what I'm saying? We're, all, we're always like, we're like the high younger we, we, brother. We'll that protest, takes but we got to go to work tomorrow. So it takes us a minute, <laughs> but we were seeing like record protests and everything. And then all of a sudden here comes something where you can't protest. You can't be around Shit. other people, which is what, uh, what makes us so strong to begin with is, is, is strength in numbers. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. I think they 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 had to do it now because so much was getting exposed. Um, and 
that because they had to do it now, I mean, they've been planning it for a long time, but there was still a lot of clumsy stuff that anyone who wants to know, you can, you can see, you can, there's a lot of, a ton of great research out there. So I think that they have made a lot of mistakes. And I think that those mistakes are about to be exposed uh, over the next few months. That's a lot of reason for this whole Biden lockdown of Washington, D.C. And, and, you know, the, the, uh, the, the raid on Congress when they were starting to expose the election fraud and so forth. They're just trying to lock it down until they've got this whole thing in place. So that's a that's a great question I've always wanted to ask people that, especially, I, I, this will be a great question for you because you're, you seem to be uh, so well-researched and everything. Um, do you think that the the global cabal, as you call, ca- call them, um, the people that run the world, so to speak, uh, that they are making mistakes. Do you, cause sometimes, cause you know, like Henry Kissinger, all these people that, that are involved in this are getting up there in age. Are they becoming senile? Are they make, making <laughs> mistakes? Like, are they, are they, uh, you know, short-sighting some things or, or maybe overlooking some things or there's going to be unintended blowback that they didn't necessarily, uh, anticipate with a lot of this stuff. Do you see that happening? I do. And for a number of reasons. First of all, a lot of people underestimate the cabal. They say, well, who would be stupid enough to try to control it? No, these guys are very smart. They they come from the top universities. They get paid a, uh, a ton and they're they're very shrewd. That's the bad news. And they got all the money they could use. Mm-hmm. That's the rest of the bad news. <laughs> the good news is that um, they don't have the truth. They don't have the life force and they don't have love on their side. They literally have no clue of those three things or only enough to try to suppress it in other people. So they they have to operate through deception and coercion. Whereas what you were saying before, Aaron, was a natural leader is going to lead through transparency and honesty and integrity. And, you know, people will naturally get behind that. People aren't naturally getting behind the Rothschild Rockefeller agenda. Mm -hmm. They've had to, you know, fund both sides of the world wars. They've had to do the chemtrails and the GMOs and the fiat money, just absolutely everywhere you look, they've had to create deception and coercion because of this goal that they have. And it used to be that they would get exposed in, in Germany, in uh, Vietnam, in in China, uh, in Venezuela, they would get exposed and some freedom lovers would come in from elsewhere to the rescue. Well, if they get America, there's no one coming to the rescue. Maybe extraterrestrials, that's a whole yeah. different topic, yeah. but I wouldn't hold my breath for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's their goal is to get the total lockdown because then there's no place to run no place to hide. And that's why people don't understand. You know, I, I, I know you, I didn't get to hear it, but I know you had a guy on who was talking about the Green New Deal and Medicare for all and mm-hmm. so forth. You know, one can make that stuff sound really good, but it's a total trap, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. The, the, the Green New Deal is like Agenda 21 on global steroids. It, it's just an excuse to take over uh, all of money and all of land and you know, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, he went public saying one of our top five goals for the next 10 years is you will own nothing and you will be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, how much are you not going to own, Klaus? You know, post your list of what you're giving up. Yeah. No, what they mean is you're going to be, and this is, you know, the bone I would pick with, with Peter Joseph, uh, is that I think he's really well intended but it's fundamentally a socialist agenda. And he and I have argued about this. Yeah. Um, and it sounds really good, the whole resource-based economy, but 
who's going to be in charge of it? Yeah, so I who's think who's going to be in charge of distributing those resources? So I think what, that's been tried. Yeah, so I think what he would say was that is that like scientific thought would would be what what uh the prevailing um yeah but you know that's not going to stand like you well, know yeah, there's, there's, there's got to be somebody at the top well well i'm that's, saying well, that's the essence of technocracy yeah. and tech, technocracy is the trojan horse through which the global domination agenda is now trying to take the the final step they say oh don't worry the computers will be so smart they'll be in charge well yeah. who's programming those computers and to what end yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we could talk about that for a long time, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I would. I, I would. I guess I would say that. Um, I w- I would think that the answer would be that we'll use. We'd at least have. It, it would be more. Um, we would come together. There'd be more of us working together in cohesion to find out the answers for this, and it wouldn't just be like one. Uh, you know, uh, one person or one prevailing thought that's like, oh no, this is this is you know, uh, like what like we see right right now with uh with uh, <clears throat> the science, like you can't question the science. There's no, if you say anything, if you try to question the science whatsoever, it's a dictatorship, you can't, there's no discussion whatsoever. But I feel like if uh, we at least had some sort of system where we can all come together and we can fi- figure these things out for humanity's sake and not just like, you know, uh, the, half the, of the world or, or 51% The way this world, world is set up, even with that, there's gonna be well, yeah, uh, you, somebody behind that. Yeah, you have to the, change. There's gonna be an agenda yeah, behind that. Well, you have to change people's incentives and that's not gonna happen overnight, of course. You know, you change you change people's incentives and everything like that. I think that- well, one, one of the reasons why I was uh, eager to come on your show was when I heard your conversation with um, Morgan Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I listened to that one and I listened to the one with Peter Joseph. And I can see that you guys are, are pretty much on board with socialism from a very well-intended place. Mm-hmm. Like when I ask people, uh, I've got a ton of liberal friends and I, and I say, well, uh, so this socialism that you're in favor of, what's your working definition? I haven't found a single one who, who knows what socialism actually is. Yeah. Almost all of them say, well, that's when government finally take, really takes care of the people. And that's what they told them in China and Russia and, and, and on and on. The um, when you were having the conversation with Morgan and Aaron, at one point, you guys were talking about the benefits of socialism and so forth. And then all of a sudden, Aaron goes, I notice you've got a Cuban flag. <laughs> and Aaron said, so are you like on board with total Soviet communism? And he goes, yeah. yeah. And, I, and Aaron goes like, whoa, oh, no, wait sure. a minute. <laughs> That's a fact. I was like, hold yeah. on, you a communist? Aaron was checking under his car after that interview. No, because I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to what people are saying. I'm just like, oh, like, no, oh, you shit. brought the red scare to the <laughs> Well, this is the most important conversation on the planet as far as I'm concerned Mm -hmm. right now. And that's why we ended Thrive 2 with it, because people are being duped once again. The young people, you know, graduating from these universities, they don't know what happened under Hitler or the National Socialists. They don't know what happened in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. They don't know what happened uh, under Mao with the, the Cultural Revolution and so forth. It's led to hundreds of millions, mass murders every single time. And it's it's been tried 22 times, and it's led to to poverty, chaos, and murder every time. And here, my own grandchildren are graduating from college right now, going, "Wow, I, I think Marx is fantastic. We need to socialize America." And I'm like, "Oh my God, oh, they're winning. The propaganda <laughs> is winning." Yeah. So this is this is why we made these movies to try to wake people up to that 
if they can persuade you to give up your freedom in the name of free stuff yeah. or the good of the group, here we go again. And this time it'll be global. I feel like there's a lot of parallels between Nazi Germany and what we see today, man. Like sometimes I have to like, you know, step back. I'm just like, holy shit, man. I can't believe that we're going to have to like show a passport for a vaccine that hasn't been tested in order to go see like fucking ludicrous or some shit nobody's going to watch ludicrous in 2021 (laughs) you mean to tell me that i can't go see new edition without a fucking vaccine that's bullshit i will do anything to see new edition live (laughs) put it in my butt i don't care like i'll take the vaccine wherever for new to see bobby brown oh yeah bobby brown better be a damn good yeah yeah it better be but i've just thought i've thought to myself like man am i ever gonna go to concerts again am i ever gonna be able to like what happens when when I'm trying to do stand up and they're like, oh, you can't come in here. You know what's going to happen? I'm like, motherfucker. You know what's going to happen is the, that society will split and there's going to be those who yeah. do the vaccine stuff and the, the anti-vaxxers are going to be like, cool, we're going to do our own shit. If you got a vaccine, yeah, you yeah, can come. Yeah. And, and It's going to be like Waterworld or something. It's going to be like, this is where the cool kids hang out is yeah. what it's going to turn into. Yeah, that's true. If you're, if you're cool, you come over here with us and we don't want to take I never, vaccines. I never thought I'd see people like posting on Facebook like their vaccine fucking card and stuff. Like they accomplished something. What do you like mean? They like, went and please, you knew that was like, coming. I got after the vaccine today. It's like, dude, okay, show us let, pictures let, in 10 years ex- and you got cancer. Go let's ahead, extrapolate folks. that on the vaccine for a minute because it's one thing. Definitely, it'll be a, a, a bifurcated society very mm-hmm. soon. But if you take it further and realize that this is the first ever vaccine to actually alter your DNA oh, wow. forever. How does it, it do go that? On to your kids, your grandchildren and, and so forth. And so in the future, if my grandson wants to marry a woman, he's going to have to check out, okay, were you vaccinated? Cause Jeez. I don't want my kids yeah, yeah. to have that fucked up altered <laughs> DNA. Yeah. Forever. Right. Come on. Looking like so, a fucking I mean, gremlin. We're talking serious stuff. We're gonna we're gonna be showing a clip tomorrow and in, uh, in 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 my show um, where uh, Elon Musk, you know, who's pretty into this stuff, yeah. he's saying, "Listen, folks, wake up! the the uh, this transhuman stuff is f- way more dangerous than nuclear weapons mm-hmm. because you're talking about taking over the species. Mm-hmm. So this is a big deal. Yeah." And it's being done silently, and people are willingly doing it. That's what's what's terrifying about it, I think. I I would be remiss if we had you here and I didn't ask you this question. Is there human cloning going on right now? Yeah. I believe so. Are they are they yeah. are, are they replacing I, people in high level in high uh high level offices or even just status in our society? I, I can't I can't swear to that yet. <laughs> I don't have any direct evidence. But I do one one of my most advanced inventor friends was invited to a secret conference uh in Eastern Europe actually. Um but there was kind of being hosted by uh, a a one of the hosts was an Asian group and they really liked this guy a lot what he was doing so they invited him to visit their facility. He went into this facility and you know went behind closed doors into this locked lab, and he walked in and you know a moment when you look and see okay they're all young Asian men, so there's a, to a certain degree they're going to look a little bit alike anyway. They're all going to have dark hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a racist, but you all look alike. <laughs> so, so he did kind of a double take 
and he was introduced to them one after another. And he goes, holy shit, they're all identical. And he finally asked (laughs) later on, he said, are, were those all twins? Are they just from the same family? And they said, no, they're clones. Holy shit, dude. That's crazy as fuck. I bet they're. Are you familiar with the Bernie Mac theory? No, Bernie Mac. Yeah. No. Um, have, have you heard of the Bernie Mac theory? No. So there's a theory that Bernie Mac, uh, went to one of these cloning facilities. Like he got up, uh, you know, he oh, shit. did some deals or whatever people to help himself advance. Uh, he went to a cloning facility, saw what they were doing and he wasn't down with it. And he was going to, he was going to talk so they and, him. and they murked him. And they said that the way they did it was he was microchipped and they were able to alter, uh, his heart rate and things like that inside of his body through the microchipping. And because he went there and, you know, he wasn't down with what he saw. It freaked him out. Uh, he didn't he he didn't like it, so he was gonna go talk. He had a meeting supposedly with uh the other kings of comedy, like we gotta get the word out there. Yeah. And then, Cedric and then was like, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh then uh then he got sick and then when he went to the hospital, he was saying, We gotta get this word out there, and then he had heart failure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, dude, that's yeah. that's totally plausible because um uh there's a congressional hearing in the seventies where they actually showed a little gun. You can find this on mm-hmm. YouTube. I'm pretty sure they showed a gun and they said on there that they could give they could give you any type of disease you could ever think of, cancer. They could give you heart attacks. All this is in the late 70s. So imagine the technology that's available now and what yeah, they're that, not that's, saying. They call it the heart attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. An, an, an ice start. Yeah, yeah. You can put anything in that. Yeah. Do definitely. you feel like there's any plausibility to that Bernie Mac theory? It's been floating around for years. Does it sound like complete hogwash, or does there maybe like a sliver? No, it of- sounds like a very common story, and that's why I'm what? often telling. Uh, our uh, our inventors, you know, when they invite you to all these special places and so forth, don't go. Mm-hmm. Once, it's like the mafia. Once you've seen stuff, yep. then they have they have to own you or eliminate you yep. after that. One of the two. That's smart. I it never is, thought about that. That is true. I'm sure that's very true for some of those people that are higher yeah. up. Um, we don't have much time left, but there are a couple more questions I want to ask you. I, I love the line in about halfway through the film where your wife, Kimberly, says that, uh, quote, when we look around at our current world, what are we tolerating and why? I thought that was an incredibly important question. And it's something that people need to ask themselves more often, I believe, because we see all the shit that's going on. Our freedoms are being taken more and more every year, you know, since since forever. But, you know, especially it's been accelerated since 9-11. And it seems like every year they're taking more and more freedoms and we're not getting those back. It's not like they're like, oh, you guys got to wear a mask now. But don't worry. You know, we'll, we'll let you guys have that freedom back here soon. Uh, they're not giving these freedoms back. These freedoms back. But what? why do you think people are tolerating all the inequality, pollution, the incompetence in government, uh, artificial scarcity um, that, that then produces violence, control? Um, the absence of freedom. Why do you think people are are uh, allowing this to happen? Is it because they don't, they're not aware that solutions exist or are people like that well controlled that they just don't even think about it? Well, I think it's a combination and I've studied this, you know, intensely for 25 years and the, uh, and I've seen and talked to a lot of whistleblowers who were inside. So I get the corroboration on and there. There's one, there's a guy, uh, Yuri, Bezmanov, I think is his name there. You can see it on YouTube. He's a K, uh, refugee from the KGB, does an interview with with uh, G. Edward Griffin, who we oh, we're, we're actually, uh, uh, side note, we're actually, I haven't even told Aaron this, but we're actually about to have him on in a couple of weeks, G. Edward Griffin. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's amazing. Well, talk to him about this Yuri okay. Bezmanov, because Bezmanov lays out the whole 
uh, strategy for the communist takeover of the United States. And he lays out the whole, okay, we're, we're going to take over the universities. We're going to take over Hollywood. We're going to take, we're going to cause uh, race um, conflict so that we get, get you guys fighting with each other. And then we'll bring in the Marxists, which is what you know, the Marxists founded BLM. We'll bring in the Marxists under the cover of, of race uh, uh, help in, in order to actually bring in the, the, uh, the communist agenda. And, and he lays the entire thing out with the stages that they do. And we're in the last stage of what he describes right now. And this interview that he did with Griffin was in 1969. Oh, wow. It, played, it plays out like a script. So, so to answer your question, the, the, it's really hard not to be brainwashed. And they start with us when we're in kindergarten. And so, we're, you know, everybody has to go to school and pretty much everybody goes to government schools. And the only difference between the government schools and the private schools is that the private schools, they're training the managers uh, to, to control the workers. But they're, it's all the same propaganda. And so th- we have been taught this particular story. You know, U.S. is making the world safe for democracy, depend on government, we'll help you, we'll be your safety net, everything. We've been taught that for decades and decades, uh, at least 100 years, you know, since the 1913, when they brought in the IRS and the um, and the Federal Reserve simultaneously, it's everything's gone downhill since mm-hmm. since 1913. Yeah, yeah, so I it's, totally agree. It's it's propaganda in the universities, in in uh, Hollywood, in the churches, and so forth. But it's also just plain fear. The mainstream media has been taken over by the CIA since the 50s, and they they just it's one thing to be afraid of after another, but it's not what you actually should be afraid yeah, of. Yeah, right. the, the, the government's causing the problem. Then they come in saying, we're the solution. You should be afraid of, you know, organic food. You should be afraid of the Russians. You should be uh, uh, afraid of uh, health freedom or whatever. And, and they come in with the solutions, which are actually what you should, what you should be afraid should of. Be yeah. afraid of. Mm. And so the combination of all of that really ends up with paralyzing internal conflict. And I've really, I've literally talked with a bunch of relatives recently who either are in college and are graduating. And they're so helpless. They're so hopeless. They can hardly think. And I, so I asked them and they, they, they can't do, they took, they they took critical thinking out of schools years ago Mm -hmm. and they, they get locked down where they, they, Let's say I, I want to be racially sensitive, but I either have to be a victim or I should feel guilty about my privilege or something. Every single area, same thing with economics, every single area, has they've been taught to be so conflicted inside that they've become kind of putty in the hands of the, the, the global cult that's mm-hmm. using the mainstream media and economics to keep people afraid and make them, you know, controllable. Before yep. before we get out of here, uh, like Chad mentioned earlier, he has a, a son, what, five months now? Five and a half. Uh, yeah. I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So, like, our children are the, the, the next, you know, the next thing coming, right? For us, like, we're talking all this stuff. How do we prepare our children or what should we be trying to prepare them for? Or, uh, you know, how do we go about getting them to think critically and 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 like solution based uh, ideas because if they're not teaching it in the school, uh, yeah. like it's our job as the parents to prepare our children yeah. for for what's to come and how to 
how to survive in the in the in the world that they're that they're going to be handed. Um, from your perspective, where's the place to start to make sure that they're Good educated? Question. Well, thanks for that. That's I think it, I I can't imagine a more important question, mm-hmm. particularly for uh, for parents of young children right now. And I I would say number one, begin with peaceful parenting. Uh, I did hear that riff about. You know, the, the one. <laughs> I was playing, though. I, was, I hope you're playing. Let's hope so. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it has to start with peaceful parenting and then real conversations. You know, you don't overload them with bad news too early, but you start talking about freedom. You start talking about critical thinking all the way, you know, growing up. And check out Stefan Molyneux on this. He's my favorite philosopher. Uh, he's done, uh, you know, hundreds of shows on this topic. He's writing a book on on peaceful parenting. And he's uh, got a great relationship with his 11-year-old daughter where he's been exploring a lot of this stuff. Over 250,000 families have stopped spanking their children out of listening to his podcast. But anyway, you start with peaceful parenting and then as much as possible, homeschooling or cooperative schooling where you're not under the edicts of the state. So you don't have to get vaccinated. You don't have to do the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't have to do the... the, uh, the all of the the propaganda in order to pass your course you don't yeah. have to to swear to all, to all this propaganda you don't get your i mean this is my personal thing but it's well researched don't don't get them vaccinated don't get that poison yeah, yeah. in there the the research is coming out that unvaccinated kids are way healthier than the other ones and then as they get older <clears throat> um expose them to alternative media you know like what you guys are doing here there's so much good alternative media and already, it's not fringe anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I've got probably four or five friends who do podcasts that have larger audiences than CNN. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's definitely happening. I'm really glad you guys are getting into this because you're coming from such different perspectives and will, willing to, to actually explore issues rather than just dispense propaganda for one political party or another. So I think you guys got your head screwed on really well. And, uh, you know, just keep your hearts open to them and, and talk to them. Like yeah. they're like they may be in small bodies, but they're fully uh, developed souls. That's great. Let me, let me ask you to elaborate on something, because when you say. Uh, I understand why you say, you know, homeschooling and stuff and, you know, take them out of that government system. But I, I'm a person that always feels like it's good to know the other side. Like I like I have I engage people who believe things that I don't believe so that I know what the, what they believe. So wouldn't it be a good thing? to let them go to a public school, but also um, co-educate at the house by, you know, taking what they're learning and then let's, let's delve deeper. Cause I think it would be important for them to know that this is so they can see it with their own eyes and experience, you know, what the, what the system is trying to teach them and then show them the other side of that. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's an interesting notion. I've talked with other parents about that. And I, uh, one of my daughter's, uh, demanded to go to public school for three years, and, mm-hmm. and so we, and so she did, uh, and it was um, pretty brutal to watch the changes in her. She really started to shut down as a person. Uh, she really became uh, so afraid of other people's opinion of her that she she lost a lot of her uh, her creativity and spontaneity for a while, and then she just started into belief systems like, whoa, where did that mm-hmm. that come from? So uh, if necessary, yes, I, I, better, I think, is 
to have the best possible learning environment you can be in where they can stay excited about learning itself and then hang out with you. They're going to be hanging out with people who go to all different sorts of schools and then they can talk about, you know, what are you learning at school? And if they want to read some of those propaganda books and, uh, you, you know, if they, if they want to dive into Marx for a little while, great, but do it within a context uh, of critical thinking and the the freedom of every individual. Oh, dude, my son Van is going to be <laughs> if he's if we're homeschooling, which we probably will. It's going to be hilarious. First day of school, <laughs> first day of school. Uh, yeah, United States bombed itself on nine eleven and shit. You're <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, son, this is a different kind of school. This is going to be unlearning, motherfucker. We ain't, we ain't doing that shit they tell you in school. But um, before yeah, the problem we- is, as a parent, if your child goes to one of those propaganda mills the question is how much exposure can they take before you lose them yeah that, they're actually hooked i think that's i think that's great before they're indoctrinated too too yeah. deeply and they you can't get them back i've definitely seen that with some children wait but didn't you go to public school yeah i did but uh i found out you know i had a thirst for knowledge and i was always i was like you know i was always goofing off i was always like telling jokes i wasn't really even school you know what i'm saying i was like there but i was just there to be funny you know, and the, the amongst the public schools, the charter schools uh, have the best chance of having some critical thinking because they get a little more freedom to design their curriculum. But what's happening now is, you know, my own children have their are homeschooling their kids and it's exhausting. You know, yeah. imagine doing what you're yeah. trying to oh, do. Yeah. And and but what you, you do is you, you create a co-op with you, with mm-hmm. your friends mm-hmm. who are awake. And then you get people who are really expert on everything from economics to cooking to wildlife and and that kind of stuff. And you just kind of create your own community where the kids can stay excited about learning but not be abused in the process. I totally agree. I think that's incredibly important for uh, people listening. Uh, Before we go, I got to ask you one question. You guys do talk – you touch on everything in this documentary. You talk about UFOs. uh, You talk about – cancer and health, uh, all these different things. Um, and your wife went and, um, you talk about ayahuasca in this. And so Kimberly, um, had an ayahuasca experience. I just want to know how hard she tripped and if she came back, like not wearing shoes or if she just started calling you, <laughs> <laughs> did she start calling you man a lot and shit? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> um, well, we, we have each journeyed numerous times. Uh-huh. We have particular shamans, um, in the, in a Colombian tradition uh, that we highly respect. And we've done it at a super safe situation, a place called the Rhythmia uh, Retreat in in Costa Rica, where they have a full medical staff and they've got the best shamans that you can can imagine. It's in a you know, a place with no scorpions, no black widows. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) 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 They've got real bathrooms. No uh, clones. so, you know, we've each benefited from numerous journeys there. And I, I want to distinguish between drugs and plant medicine. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, you can synthesize all sorts of stuff in a lab and it's still going to be synthetic. Doesn't mean you can't benefit from it, but it's going to be a lot riskier. Uh, ayahuasca, uh, had, they've been doing ayahuasca in South America for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And I was I worked for the Journal of Transpersonal Psychology back in the 70s before you guys were... A, a, a glimmer in your parents' eyes. <laughs> uh, and and some of our psychologists heard about this ayahuasca going on down in the rainforest. So they went down there and did some psychological studies. They all came back saying, these are the most psychologically healthy cultures that we have ever seen. And they're doing ayahuasca like 
you know, once a week or once a month <laughs> wow. or something like that. And so, so that's when I first heard about it. Of course, they, they very shortly after that, the AMA banned ayahuasca, the FDA and all, all that kind of stuff. But later on, when I, when I was offered an opportunity to experience it at Rhythmium, um, what I experienced was that it's so natural that plant, yeah, there's two plants that get combined together and the shamans know how to do this in such a way that it cleanses your body. It cleanses your emotion. It, it encourages your cleansing your emotional body. And then it kind of opens your mind and literally shows you as much as you're ready for of the deeper reality that of the unified field, as much as you're ready for in response to your intention. So it's not something to be taken lightly or done just recreationally, but it's a tremendous gift to the consciousness of humanity. Yeah, you can't have like a couple, a couple double deuces of Bud Light and then be like, hey, man, let's get some ayahuasca, man. It's not going to win. Here's a little bit of trivia. I did ayahuasca. At Rhythmia with Bobby Brown. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I guess that's your prerogative, right? <laughs> hey, next time you're on your way down there, though, come scoop your boy up. I want to roll with you. I want to roll. Just when you're on your way to Costa Rica, yeah, just stop by Austin, yeah. pick me up. I'll go with yeah, you. If you guys ever need some goofballs. I'll be, I'll be you your know. Bobby Brown. Yeah. I've got some leather chaps yeah. and shit. I'll let put you my call, chest out. You can call him Bobby all you want, too. It don't matter. <laughs> you taking me down there, you call me whatever you want. Just don't call me Toby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this is so fun. Uh, we could seriously talk for hours and hours. Like, there's still, there, I've still got like 10 questions out here we weren't able to get to. Um, but you can find uh, both films on thriveon.com. I could not uh, recommend those more highly. They're incredibly thought-provoking uh, films. You're going to love those. Uh, also, uh, you can find Foster at facebook.com backslash foster.gamble. Uh, where can people find your show that you were you were talking about that you uh, do weekly? Yeah, we've got pretty much everything you can access through thriveon.com. <clears throat> and so we've got the the movies there. You can reference the social media there. We're on all the platforms, particularly as you can imagine, we're on the, the alternate platforms because we go into a lot of stuff that, that they want to censor these days. Mm-hmm. But they the the so our Freedom Portal show is a subscription show. Um, that you can find out about there is for those of you who who think what we're communicating in the movies makes some sense and you want to dive deeper. Uh, we do a two hour show every, every Saturday where uh, I'll either present uh, or we'll have a big Q&A or I'll bring experts on in our particular topic. And then we're doing one more thing that we'll be launching in. We're doing a beta in April and we're, we'll launch it in May. And this is what I'm most excited about, which is you know, you were talking before, Chad, about you really like that we're we're uh, we're oriented towards solutions. We have to be. It, there, there's a there's hundreds of millions of of in, informed people about the agenda on the planet right now, and more and more every day. But you ask them, okay, what can we do about it? And you mostly you hear crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're dedicated to solutions. I've dedicated decades of my life to it, and we we uh, we created something called the Solutions Hub on our yeah, old I see website. That. Nope. Um, and Everywhere that Kimberly and I went, we went to 40 cities around the world and uh, with Thrive One, there were Thrive-inspired solutions group taking on lots of different issues. So we finally created a hub where they could all meet each other, share documents and best practices and so forth. And um, there's over 1,100 of those groups from 90-some countries around the world active already. But now we're bringing it uh, current. We're doing a, a much more... Uh, 
mobile friendly, much more uh, easy to use uh, platform. And it's going to be in 40 languages. Oh, wow. And basically what this is, is people can find out how to organize groups, how to make decisions, how to resolve conflict, how to find other groups that you can combine your efforts with, and then how to do effective activism based on principles, moral principles rather and scientific principles rather than politics. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important. I think uh, one of the most important things that I've that I've seen in all the documentaries I watched is in Thrive Two about the free energy, and I feel like that's the first domino to fall. And once once that happens, it opens up so much more for, for humanity and true freedom and whatnot. So, Foster, I can't really thank you enough, brother. This was uh, really surreal for me as well because I remember watching your film ten years ago when I lived in Ohio and was poor as shit and didn't have anything and watching this documentary and from now, you know, you know, 10, 11 years later, watching it now and being a completely state different stage in my life and getting to talk to you. It's been, it's been a real honor and we can't really can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Yeah. Hopefully we can get you on again sometime in the summer or fall or something like that as well. We appreciate you yeah, coming sometime, on. I'm sorry. Kimberly couldn't join us today, but uh, Kimberly, as you know, from the movie, she's fantastic. Yeah, She's I'm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got some I, questions for her as I, well. I'm too. the warm-up act for Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He's the Bobby Brown, and then uh, she's the new addition. <laughs> I, I want to I tell you guys, this has been a lot of fun yeah. um, and a real honor to be on. I, I think you guys are, are brave. I, I think you guys are smart. And most of all, I think you guys are funny. So oh, thank, you for, thank, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Th- thanks for joining us, man. Really. And if yeah, you guys Foster, enjoyed awesome. uh, this conversation that we've had with Foster, please, by all means, go find the stuff. Go to thriveon.com. Go look at look at all the stuff we talked about. Do your own research yeah, yeah. and whatnot. If, if this inspired you in any way, uh, support Foster, support Kimberly. Uh, and Watch his films. And then also, more important, most importantly, tell your friends about it and stuff, too. And tell them the about us while you're at it. Tell them about the gray yeah, area. Tell, they, us about, tell them about the gray area. And you can find us on Instagram at, at podcast the gray area, facebook.com backslash the gray area podcast. Boom. Twitter at podcast gray area. And then you can also find us on hotpodmedia.com along with a bunch of other awesome shows that Hotpod Media is producing. Um, that's where that's where we're at now is Hotpod Media Studios. For sure. So like, subscribe, share. Don't be stingy. Yeah. Don't be stingy with Foster. Yeah, tell everybody about and Foster. And don't call man. him Forrest, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, you like, son. Don't do that. Do your damn don't research. Call, yeah. Don't, don't F don't up his name. Don't call him Forrest. His name is Foster. Yeah. You should follow him and you should follow Holy us. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Foster, once again, thank you so much. Until next time, be kind to each other. And here's mud in your eyes. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.